So welcome to Health from the Heart. Before you hear a little intro, I just wanted to speak to what this podcast episode is about and let you know that it may not be suitable for anyone and everyone. And definitely there might be some individuals who are uncomfortable with what I'm going to talk about today. But I think it's important and I know I'm uncomfortable talking about it, which is why I've been avoiding it and putting it off. So it might not be as nice of a flowing and eloquent podcast as it usually is, but I've learned a lot of lessons and I want to share that. And the root of it all is that I was robbed. I'll do the intro and then I'll see you in just a moment. Welcome to Health from the Heart Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lily Hartwell, a licensed naturopathic doctor on a mission to catalyze the journey toward overcoming your autoimmune disease. We'll show you the tools and how you can grow through this podcast. Well, thank you all for being loyal listeners. I have been avoiding talking about this, but I know that some of you who are also loyal patients, some of you listeners that are also my loyal patients, are already fully aware of the situation that I have found myself in. And to be honest, it really started almost a year ago. Um, And so it's been a very interesting, if not turbulent and trepidatious year, but I learned a lot of lessons and I think that I am now in a space where I can talk about it and be more open about it. But essentially, um, last year, excuse me, in October, my home was ransacked, so burglarized. And a couple of months later, I actually don't think like a full couple of months later, I think maybe one month later, my car was broken into and that was outside of my old office and so it's a totally different part of the town that I live in and so that the instances didn't seem to be connected and then about a month and a half after that I went to spend some of the holidays with my family which if you know me and have been following along I very rarely do that I normally Um, work through the holidays and this holiday I took it off and I skipped town and visited them and it was really great for my soul but then when I returned um, my office had been burglarized and I'm not going to get into the nitty-gritty of all of it but suffice it to say that the culprits were never apprehended although much was many efforts were made in that attempt And it didn't just happen one time. It happened again after New Year's, as far as I can tell. And then it kept happening over and over and over again until components of my safety and security and the space that I was trying, the safe space that I curate for my patients, I felt I could no longer continue to create that for my patients and for myself. And it was a very traumatizing experience. And obviously, it's not the only form of trauma I've ever been exposed to, which makes me a really strong provider and teacher and life learner. And so I got to turn the scope inward and really develop more of the fortitude of, as one of my coaches says, the fortitude of your frequency. And 
do some serious work and at the same time still do my other jobs and still and look for a new space and try to get our items secure and at around the same time um when things were getting finalized and I was deciding to move on and away from where I was getting consistently broken into I then had to go through a lot of I don't know how important these details are to share, but there was a lot of stuff that goes into when you get broken into and things are stolen and they're under a business and they're assets from a business. And I had to learn more about how to protect assets and what to do, uh, the police reporting, the insurance discussions, how it impacts my claims. Um, what There are a lot of other legal avenues. I definitely <laughs> think I was basically on speed dial with my attorney for a little while, which um, I really am so grateful that I had all of these methods of support and avenues of support. And then I also sought support from um, my alternative practitioners as well. So I saw my naturopath and I started, I actually established care specifically with someone else for PTSD treatment because I started displaying a lot of signs and symptoms and since I am trauma informed I I had a very <laughs> uh, very beautiful awakening with um, being re-traumatized and working through things that I had already and it's interesting when you do experience any level of trauma wounds that have been healed or worked through may come to the surface for some deeper work and some deeper analysis and so it was a very it's been a very interesting time for me and I'm at the end of the day I'm really grateful because so many great things have come so many incredible things have come from the experience um but it definitely was unexpected and it is a little uncomfortable it may be news to some of you that are listening it's a little uncomfortable to talk about and to share because while I do the utmost that I can to be open about a lot of aspects of my life this is something I wanted to take time to heal from without crying and getting super emotional because that was I I was in the thick of it and it it didn't help that it was continuing to happen over and over and over again. There was not a lot, and there, to top it all off, wasn't really a great level of closure. And there are all those classic things that happen when you have a traumatizing event, like why me? What did I do? Is this a punishment? And so I just got to work through a lot of that deeper inner work. The things, you know, and I am nothing if not the living embodiment of what I or the emulation of what I encourage my patients to do because I just got to do the deep work that I'm always encouraging my patients to because I didn't want this to turn into something that impacted me even further down the road and I wanted to use it as a teaching moment for myself and to learn from it and to not completely put my life on pause or hold because of how I was feeling although given that it occurred in all the safe spaces in my home so my home or all the safe spaces in my life so my home my car and my office that really does erode your or my I should really only speak to my own experience that really does erode my experience of safety and security and belief and trust in self. And so I've been on that little journey of 
what will things look like now? And for those of you that were along the journey with me and along the ride with me, I'm so appreciative of you. I'm so grateful for all of you and for all of my patients sticking with me as I navigated a new avenue for where I was going to be seeing patients and how that was going to look like. And it actually has pushed me into um, reevaluating my patient care delivery model and delving deeper into the spaces that I love and the modalities that I love and I'm so grateful that I've been given that opportunity but initially it was terrifying and so now without further ado from the burglary situation I have obtained eight lessons and I think it's it's honestly so great because it prepared me to be one more resilient I know there's a lot of controversy about that word but I'll talk a little bit about that in a little bit. But the main discussion, point of discussion I want to have today is there is obviously a storm coming. Some could say the storm is already here. And I'm going to speak to that because I feel like this situation really prepared me. And I am a very well-prepared person. I have lived in many different places in developing nations across the globe. I have had the incredible fortune of what living what feels like lifetimes and I really enjoy that because all of my different experiences then get transferred into my patient care. And so even though I was trauma-informed, now I got to go deeper into being more trauma-informed and more communicative and healing. And and it was interesting being open and vulnerable with other people so that they could do the healing work that I do for others, which was really powerful. Oh, I guess the emotions aren't totally gone. Excuse me. Some emotions are coming up and just like feelings of gratitude. Bear with me for that. Um, So that might come up, I guess, as I proceed with what I wanted to talk about today. So I want to give eight tips to weather the coming storm because I've just been experiencing that. And I'm first going to talk about it in terms of um, a metaphorical so that you can benefit from the incredible beauty that the desert brings, the Sonoran Desert, the, the place that I love and adore and call home. So I'll first root all of this into this metaphor so that you can relate. Maybe you haven't had these kind of experiences that I've been alluding to earlier in the episode. And then I'll give you eight tips to work through those. But it was really inspired finally for me to talk about this because I, I've been, this has been on my heart to talk about, but I wanted the time and space to think about it and consider it. And then we had this huge storm in the Sonoran Desert, which this is raining season. Um, the summer, we have some incredible monsoon rains, and they can be, to be honest, somewhat violent and chaotic. And so watching it all play out, it was just such a beautiful mirror and parallel to my own life experiences. And so that's a little bit of what I experienced and I'm going to share it with you and then I think the lessons and pearls that I think will be beneficial in for all of us moving forward. And if nothing else, I'll have the longevity of looking back on this moment and all of the healing work that recording this episode um, has required so that I could do this and provide better, more trauma-informed care. So... Growing up in the desert southwest, I really have been exposed to some incredibly unique experiences. So if we were to take the rain, for instance, there are many different types of rainstorms. 
Yesterday, as I just mentioned, we had one without warning. One that included profound 50 to 100 mile per hour winds, depending upon where in the valley you were. And these winds and these torrential downpours, they uproot mesquite trees. Palo Verdes. They flood arroyos. It knocks out electricity. This can cause power outages, internet disruptions, traffic lights fail, unfortunately. Car accidents may increase due to a lack of visibility, street flooding, high winds. It's really the quote-unquote perfect storm. And power causing the traffic lights turning off then can cause emergency dispatcher sirens to fill the air. If you can even hear it over the roar of the winds and the downpour and quite possibly the hail, depending upon the temperatures. In the summer, um, I have noticed that we have had in the monsoon season quite a lot of hail trickled in with the other forms of precipitation that we get. And it's really devastating both on a local scale and on a larger scale because even planes may be grounded at our local airport. And at the same moment as a torrential downpour is occurring, the local weather girl still predicts a chance of 7% precipitation with 7 mile per hour winds, even though it's so different outside, just looking out the window. And this is, at the very same time, calamity that incrementally hits the city in waves inching across the valley so no warning and those in the area at various points of denial (laughs) experience what's going on and then in the midst of all of that imagine trying to recalibrate a dysfunctional nervous system we've talked a lot about sympathetic nervous system and parasympathetic nervous system and my whole component of the importance of regulating that nervous system so that you can withstand certain levels of um, stress and trauma without completely turning your life upside down and your nervous system upside down and the number of different responses that you may have in relation to all of that stress. And I bring all of this up because that this description of this storm was just such a parallel to what I have been experiencing Um, both in my professional and personal life, because these instances sort of not to, because I look at everything in such a different, in such a certain perspective of of infectious disease, it kind of just looked like it was infecting one aspect and another aspect and another aspect of my life. And so seeing this um, Chabasco that we call them from the monsoon season kind of decimate the area and then at the end we have this the beautiful the sun peaks out from the beautiful purple and blue mountains at the base of the Tucson mountains and we see these beautiful gleaming sun rays and the incredible beauty and stoicism of a rainbow that arches over the entire land And you see how happy the green Sonoran Desert is from this much-needed rain. And we kind of forget about 
all of the turmoil that these torrential high wind downpours just caused. Now we may see the aftermath because we do see a lot of uprooted trees, um, in, especially when we have the high wind component of the monsoon rain. But just standing there in that moment, smelling this, it's kind of difficult to describe, but it is the smell of rain, but in the desert. I, I'm, I've, I've been all over the world where it rains and it doesn't quite ever smell like that and to put a name to it it would be creosote laria tridentata the creosote bush smell um, very highly aromatic volatile plant quite beautiful i think i've talked about it at length in other podcasts because it is a very inspiring plant for me um, but landing in the midst of all of that it's so rejuvenating and restorative and you see how it impacts the ecosystem and you see the reasons why and so paralleling that to the situation that I have just grown and evolved from it's like the next level the next evolution of my being and like a phoenix I shall also rise and it's interesting because I quite often find so much beauty in the transformation of the story of the phoenix bird and I do quite feel like what I just went through really honed that idea in again for me and the beauty of all of that. Um, But, you know, there are a lot of things that people say about business ownership and living in the heart and also living in the harsh environment that is the Sonoran Desert. And one of the things that somebody that I look up to once said is that starting a company is like eating glass and staring into the abyss. And it's just, it's such an awful metaphor. It's just, I mean, just awful in terms of, you know, why would we ever do that? Um, But it is much like that. And so these personal evolutions that I get to overcome, it only makes my business stronger and the care and service that I provide to my patients even stronger. But it takes discipline. Discipline with a capital D. And for some people, these events can be paralyzing it can be the event from which you do not heal from it can be something that I see in my office 10 years later somebody working through a problem that the root cause of it was something that happened to them in college or in high school or when they felt they could not protect themselves and then they've just now spilt, spent the next 10 years building their armor and so for me it's taken a lot of discipline and a, a lot of maintenance to make sure that I can remain open in my heart and trusting and because that is a huge component of the I mean it's health from the heart for a reason I'm Dr. Hartwell for a reason so a closed off heart um, a lack of intuition closing myself off from the force you could say not a component that I want to embark upon for my career so it's taken a lot of discipline to make sure that I don't close myself off to things and a simple mantra has been so helpful and some people are going to say this is so simple you know that's I could have thought of that myself and it's like yes you could have you absolutely could have but for me this has been so pivotal is just to pivotal excuse me just to remind myself I can do hard things you can do hard things and the more that we hold on to this with steadfastness discipline and perseverance the better that we can weather these coming storms because I have an idea that they will be just as violent 
as the storm I just described. And so my eight tips to weather this coming storm that have really stemmed from this recent evolution begins with awareness, number one. Being aware of what is happening, being tuned in, tapped in, and aware. And then choosing to do something about it. Practicing resilience, practicing stress management. That's step number two for me, is being conscientious about what you can do to withstand the storm. And that's going to look like a lot of different things for a lot of different people. For me, it was like, I need to, I, not need, I will proceed with healthier habits for my body. Because in a situation like that where I, at any moment, could need to defend myself, I recognized there were things that I would like to achieve that maybe I have let go of. And so I got to go back into that look back deeper into that, keep working on that, keep developing myself in that way. And so resilience um, and stress management were huge for me in re-regulating my nervous system. I also sought support, which cannot be understated. Um, I'm so grateful for the people that have been on this journey supporting me because what a wild ride it has been. And that brings me to number three, that trauma is not the end. And there will be different varying levels of trauma. I know a lot of people um, who may not even feel or experience what I just experienced has any bearing on them because they have achieved an even greater level of resilience and they've been in situations, um, you know. I have a lot of patients that I treat that were veterans or um, athletes. I mean, there are a lot of different ways that the body can perceive trauma. So I've seen people evolve from even worse situations. And it was helpful to remind myself that trauma isn't the end. It's just a part of the beginning. It's the embarkment of the journey. And it's absolutely not the end. Especially for those of you that may struggle with mental health stability, this these kind of experiences can easily throw us off course and off track but recognizing that it is it really truly off track like does everything have to be linear or could it be a series of ups and downs that you average and so throughout these oscillations we can reach a balance that maybe we didn't know we could reach anyway that's number three trauma isn't the end it's just the beginning tip number four is that there are seasons And I think this is probably the most difficult thing for some of my family and friends to really understand about me is that I am so into, I'm such a proponent of stress management and taking time and nourishing self, but I chunk out my life in seasons. I chunk out my years in seasons. You'll notice that at the beginning of the year, I do a lot more um, of my online programs and coaching and we really launch those programs at the beginning of the year because I just love that new year energy and that's the season for a lot of change and transition and then I spend a lot a large part of the rest of the year teaching those students the other students that I teach and working on my direct patient care Um, and also I provide a lot of services that um, a lot of people don't know anything about because 
it's it's private kind of <laughs> it's the work that I'm doing to change and uplift this world and the future of naturopathic medicine that I don't always speak about in every avenue because the people that it touches and impacts know the service that it is that I'm providing them and sometimes I'm so busy doing it I don't have a lot of time to talk about it which is something I'm trying to work through but the whole objective of me bringing this up is that there are often seasons and I often live in certain seasons and so some seasons I will be more in a hustle mode I'll be more in like a masculine working mode and then some I'm in receptive mode I'm less in the doing and I'm more in the receiving I'm um, more into the tapping in with listening to my body and paying attention although I do my best to do that throughout Um, So for me, I organize myself in different seasons and the season that I've been working through was a little bit of going deeper within and doing more of the internal work and being less front facing. And it's interesting to see as I work through each of my different seasons, the impact that it has on both the audience and my patients, because I do get a lot of feedback in that regard. Um, And even in my even in my student role, my professorship roles from my students. And so it'll be interesting when I pull pull back and I'm going more into nourish and restore mode um, on certain seasons versus being more in the doing mode and the working through and meeting the milestones and meeting the goals and supporting a massive group of students that seems to be increasing in number um, more than sometimes I know what to do with. Um, then I activate a certain level of a mode and it might be even a day like this day, this is a hustle day. Um, I've got a series of things that I'm going to do and I'm going to do as much as I can as authentically as to who I am, but to also honor the fact that I have administrative goals that I must meet as a part of my contract and I needed to support people in doing that and this is the way that I'm going to do it. And then recognizing that sometimes I just get to, I call it, I go underground. And those of you that are listening that are super close to me, you're all aware You know, the people in my life that are closest to me, um, whether it's a family member, a friend, or my patients, they know that I have these modes. And that's what's so beautiful about bringing and having a team is that maybe if you're just an audience member or a loyal listener, you don't even know the seasons that I have been going through and the turmoil and the healing that I've been going through because that's not what this is about. This isn't really, you know, much about me. This is about being the vessel and the channel with which to provide healing inspiration, motivation, education about the abundance that truly abounds around us. But that's like my deeper life mission. We're getting so off topic from number four, which was seasons. So honor that there are seasons and there may be some seasons that are more stressful than others that require a certain level of activation on your part as a human. And we get to rise to meet that season. And then you can always go back to the restorative phase later. And that is kind of what brings me to number five, do what brings joy, even throughout every season. And it can look like a lot of different things for a lot of different people. I like watching little clips of some of my favorite shows. And sometimes, you know, I, I've been commuting a lot lately because of the, some of the changes that I've made with direct patient care and some of the um, classes that I'm teaching. And people are always astounded at like the level of commute or commitment that I have. And it's easy for me to do that because I'm not spending five, six, seven hours a day or a week um, in front of a streaming service. 
um, which I know can be kind of contrary. So I do things at my own level. So I might do them on a micro level of watching little small clips or some of my favorite moments of one of my favorite shows on a, a streaming clip, not, you know, Anyway, I won't, I won't get into it, but that's what brings me joy. And it's only one of, you know, maybe two dozen things. So can you remember to tap into what brings you joy as the storm deepens and gets more cloudy and the torrential downpour continues? And a component of that might be step number six. Tip number six is silence the noise. I talk about this often, but I sometimes feel like it doesn't get really heard or received. And that is sometimes the beauty of being in quiet communion with yourself is powerful. And not enough of us do that. The stillness and the quiet There's something very impactful about the experience. And I think the more that we lean into that experience, and if it makes you uncomfortable that you lean into the uncomfortability of it, the more impact you may have from it. I decided to record this episode after sitting in silence. And anyway, that's just one small micro example. I think silencing the noise, focusing on what you're consuming and Continuing to be steadfast in the stewardship of what you need to do, what goals you have, the purpose and priorities that you've set in making sure your household is maintained is really important. And a key way of doing that is making sure that you're not falling to the whims of every frantic moment that may be incited within you. Um, because sometimes, you know, for views and virality, uh, this culture that we're living in, um, sometimes we do have exacerbations, um, that can be kind of stressful. And maybe if you're not well regulated in your nervous system, then it's not the time to be embarking upon that. And then number seven is to think ahead and be prepared, which if you have been listening at all is a huge mantra of mine. And I just want that to sink in a little bit because what just happened with my practice, with my home, with the violation of certain levels of trust and the lack of security and lack of safety that I was experiencing beyond what was happening to my physical and mental health, we were able to withstand that because I had measures in place. I was forward thinking and I had measures in place for preparedness in my business and in my personal life. And it's sometimes just such the smallest piece of calm in the chaos is preparedness, is taking measures. And I talk about it in all aspects. I, you know, listening to some of our episodes with um, some of our new listeners that have found us, sometimes I re-listen and I hear the feedback and comments that they may have sent us. And it's funny, preparedness and being prepared is such a huge part of what I preach and who I am and have come to be. And I recognize that it's a familial trait, Um, but that's kind of neither here nor there. It's been 
with it's been instilled within me for generations and I think a huge component of it has to do with the fact that my great-grandfather and my grandfather weathered the storm that was the Great Depression and so much of who I am has been influenced by them as well as um, my parents. So thinking ahead and being prepared, if I can embark anything on this episode, I think that is my top tip for weathering the coming storm and maintaining your resilience. And then my last one is connection, kind of alluding to this familial connection I was just talking about. Um, Intergenerationally speaking, there is so much that we can all teach one another. There is so much that a family system and a friendship circle can teach one another. And I think leaning on those connections, but contributing, not just leaning on them, but into them and contributing to your connections and those that you feel connected to and bringing value and touching base just because you want to can be really important. It's those little things that can be really valued. So those are my eight tips to weather the coming storm. Won't give you too much extra beyond that today because I feel complete. I feel like I've shared what I'm supposed to share. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being receptive and open as I vulnerably shared what I have been working through um, for the better half of this year. I think beyond the half of this year by the time this gets released. But I really thank you all for being here and I hope that you are all contributing in some way or another and that somewhere in here there was a morsel of impact for you. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks for being here. Bye-bye. Hi there. Thanks for tuning in. Let us know what you think of the show by writing a review in iTunes. If you screenshot before submitting, before it gets lost in the abyss for review, and send to us at drlilyhartwell at gmail.com, we'll send you a free guided breathwork. May you go on with your day Enjoy.